Get on with it, Macca. I will do. Good morning. Welcome to the program, wherever you are around Australia, around the world. There's a bit of snow in uh, some parts of New South Wales, up in the mountains, and of course down in Perisher and uh, Mount Buller, but uh, around Blackheath, a bit of uh, dusting of snow and around Lithgow, uh, some snow falling, a bit of moisture in that, but probably not enough. Um, during the week, I've uh, been part of here and there, and the ABC has, and most media organisations involved in raising money and funds for the drought. We had a call earlier from, who was it, Kel? It was, was it um, in, uh, where was he? Well, I'm just looking, Tony, saying, telling about the hay bales that are coming across from Tassie. 1,100, 1,100 round bales, he said, will be coming across from from uh, from Tassie. Cowbiz Tassie Hay Run, it's called. And there was a Mr Perkins in Latrobe who got flooded out some years ago and he got a lot of assistance from um, folk on the mainland. So um, he's part of all that. Um, 1,100 round bales, that's a lot of hay. But um, if the if the... Drought continues. We'll need lots of that. Um, and look, we'll talk to you in a moment. You'll meet uh, Tim Fisher, former uh, leader of the National Party, former Deputy Prime Minister, but he's uh, he's still doing stuff. He might talk about. Well, he I probably won't be able to stop him talking about the seed bank. He loves to talk about the seed bank, but we'll talk about other things. And look, we'll talk to you. Our number's thirteen hundred seven hundred triple two, wherever you are. G'day, this is Macca. Ah, uh, hello, Maga. Yep. This is Robbie, mate. How are you, Robbie? Uh, good, buddy. Good, good, thanks. I'm uh, just um, currently about to, to dock in, uh, in a Melbourne here on the, on the toll ship. Um, we're currently going to drop off uh, and start delivering uh, nine uh, loads of hay uh, uh, going up on Monday morning. Another, another two on the TT line coming over last night, another two. Uh, coming over tonight, so in total we'll have departing Melbourne, uh, uh, coming out of Tasmania, uh, 14 loads heading heading up to Moree on so Monday morning. So that's 14 semis, is it? Yeah, mate. Yeah, 14 semis. And uh, and you're on board the tow ship. What do you do, Robbie? Yeah. I, I, I'm a transport operator. Uh, so like like a lot of the other guys that are involved in this project, they've got their own businesses and, and um, it's all donated their own time, effort, and money. To, to put this thing forward and, and there's been so many people involved in it and such a humbling experience to be able to, to, to try and help these uh, these poor people in, in, in the affected areas. Robbie, it's uh, and it's a feel-good thing, Robbie. I think that's the the one good thing that comes out of any crisis that people band together and help one another, and people realise they're not alone, and that it is in fact we live in a community, and that's what a community is all about, isn't it? Uh, it just really, really just highlights, uh, like particularly over in Tassie, and and uh, the, the the people that have honestly that like I I got on the on the toll uh, last night waiting to get me get me sign up. And the boys on the ship there on the ship shipped a toll last night and collected six hundred bucks just in the afternoon to contribute to it. So yeah, that sort of generosity has been uh, across the northern part of Tassie there has been just unbelievable. And you're so, about to dock now, are you, Robbie? Yeah, mate. We're just just backing in. We're we're, we're about two minutes away from from hitting the dock. I'm looking over a sensational scene in Melbourne here. So um, yeah, we're about to get in there and and I'll start tearing the tearing the equipment off. Good yeah. on you, Robbie. Keep, all right, mate. You keep, yeah. in, keep in touch, yeah. mate. Yeah. The major driver all this is Need for Feed, so it's really good that people get behind Need for Feed and support them. Graham and his boys, they've been sensational. All right. 
Good on you, Rob. Thanks, Mac. I'll see, see you, mate. mate. Best of luck. I met these people um, the other day. Come and meet them. It's Malcolm and uh, Barbara McKenzie from Tumbarumba. From Tumbarumba in southern New South Wales, and we run a high rainfall property on the Rosewood Plateau. This year we've had a reasonable sort of season. We're just getting by, but the future, the prospects don't look really good. But when I think about farming, and I look at the old rainfall records, the first 50 years of the last century, the 1900s, were substantially drier than the second 50 years. And I just wonder whether we're going into another dry phase. lady on Sunday morning said she thought she didn't want to alarm people, but she calls it the Federation drought, which was a, apparently a ripper. Well, that was absolutely massive when Australia lost 50% of their sheep population. They went back from 100-odd million sheep to 50 million in the 1902 drought. But when you talk about the farmers out at Wilcannia, nine-inch rainfall average for the first 50 years, they only got seven inches. At West Wyalong, 18-inch rainfall country, they're only in the 15 inches for the first 50 years. And at Tumbrumba, we dropped from 40 inches back to 37. Not a substantial downfall. But uh, I just wonder whether we're going back into a dry phase, a drier phase with the weather cycle. Well, there is, that's what it is, isn't it? It's a cycle. It is absolutely a cycle. And in amongst that, we've got to try and you know, survive somehow. And up there in the high rainfall country, where we get three inches of rain basically every month of the year as our rainfall spread, it um, allows us to grow summer crops, winter crops and perennial pastures. So we've got to be very grateful, but we've still got to survive in amongst all those challenges. Barbara, you've had a few frosts. We've had quite a few frosts and some very big. Uh, the day before we came here, it was minus five that morning and we've had quite a few like that. I think there's some more weather coming too, apparently. More snow on the Alps, mm. so that probably means colder everywhere else. That's right, and then that burns things off. But if you get a bit of rain out of it, that's good. Now listen, tell me this. How's the Tumbarumba pipes and drums? I remember we did a... We did a little gig years ago, and the Tumbarumba pipes and drums turned up. Ian, I'm glad you asked that question. The Tumbarumba <laughs> pipes and drums are fantastic. Yeah. Last Sunday, we had the 60th anniversary of the Rosewood Golf Club. All right, which is as a, you do. As you do, which is a beautiful little club in the centre of our Rosewood community. On the Sunday, we had a big barbecue lunch, and our entertainment was the Tumbarumba pipes uh, and drums. Say good day to them. I will do. They're absolutely fantastic. They brought out a crew of 14 people, and they provided absolutely magnificent entertainment. It was, look, it must have been 25 years ago, but I remember there's a couple of good swords playing the drums uh, in the Tumbarumba pipes and drums. They've probably moved on now, but... That's how come I That's remember them. We're at Batlow. Oh, fantastic. And they'd still be there, but just a touch older. But uh, <laughs> their music is magnificent. And they're not, they're called, they used to be the Tumbrumba Shire Pipes and Drums, but now they're the Tumbrumba Pipes and Drums, which uh, we lost our Shire, which was uh, a real tragedy for our Tumbrumba mm. district. Too right. And oh, now, thank how's you. the conference going? Good? It's excellent. Yes, yeah. thank it's you. Lots of people from all over. The big theme is the drought. The drought is really pressing hard. It, it, it's tough for farmers out there physically, mentally and emotionally with these, with these droughts coming in. They're getting a lot of support now, it seems to me, from the wider community, which never happened in years gone by, did it? Well, Ian, you're probably not better living down here in Balmain, but... Uh, <laughs> I but live in Balmain. Uh, I just uh, came down here to see you. I live you, in the western suburbs. Oh, you're out in the western suburbs? I thought you were... A, where the poor people live. Oh, yeah. exactly. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I hope they do because it's really severe and basically, farmers, we've got to produce the food for the states. And the world. And, and the world, and we've got to produce the food and the fire bar to feed the people, and that's our duty and our responsibility, and we love doing it, and we want to keep doing it, providing the, the best. Barbara and Malcolm, lovely to meet you both. Oh. Thank you, lovely to meet you too, Ian. Oh, beautiful to meet you, Ian, and I love your show, and I just couldn't believe it three or four weeks ago when I'm lying in bed there, and Ian McNamara pulls up Bruce Hawkins, our local carrier, and talks to him on the side of the highway at Tarkata. It, it makes you really show how Australia is all over, and we all love it. <laughs> Good Thank on you. you. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Good Thank on you. you. Thank you, bye. My next guest would be is nodding in agreement. He's uh, Tim Fisher. How are you, Tim? Good morning. G'day, Maka. 
Good to see you. The, mate, the Australian Beef Rissole Championship, 14th of April next year. Let's go. Let's hope we live that long <laughs> and uh, up and at him. But I'm going to steer clear of a day-by-day with regard to these drought issues. Others are in Parliament to do that in their particular roles. Salute. But mind everyone, the drought does not stop at a fence line or at a border. Uh-huh. And um, we're going to look to our towns and cities we will need after the drought and get them through the drought. Yeah. And that's why Peter Rees and I wrote a book about this and developed a template as to how that might best be done. What was the book called? Uh, Outback Heroes and Communities at Count. And we've act- I've actually built on that. Firstly, you need unity of purpose. Think Longreach. They agreed to extend the runway long enough, so they need good infrastructure but it allowed a quarter 747 to land but never take off again because it wasn't even longer. Yeah. That underpins the Qantas Tourist Museum and the Stockman's Hall of Fame at a little place called Longreach. So unity of purpose. Secondly, bold lateral thinking. Think Holbrook, submarine, a long way from the sea, mm. anchors the logo of Holbrook. On a broader basis, think the third factor was good leadership. Tom O'Toole, Beechworth, lifted the whole town up with his bakery. He's back on his two legs after a scare early this year. Uh, but not just Beechworth, Ichuka and elsewhere. But the real one is building on a bit of Napoleonic luck. Macca, Napoleon once said, don't give me good generals. Give me generals who are lucky. <laughs> now, Townsville, you've got a military base up there. Don't neglect it. Make sure it's plugged into the community. Many regional cities have university campuses, some quite distant in mm. attitude and connect to their local communities. Conversely, University of Southern Cross, Lismore, Lismore yeah. a real anchor for Lismore. So if you've been lucky enough to score a university campus or a Kapuka army base at, at Wagga Wagga or Swanbourne near Perth, um, look after it, connect with it, link it into the community. Those are valuable assets provided, in this case, by the federal government and or by education, higher education, uh, sometimes people neglect those links. We need them in Armadale. We need them in Tamworth. We need them everywhere. Yeah, I mean, Tamworth's got like a country music. Is that what you're saying, that, yeah. uh, that each town needs a little uh, spark. A, po- a point of difference, if you a like? A spark. And yeah. those that are lucky enough to also have things like army bases and uh, mm. uh, university campuses, use them. Plug mm. them in. Don't just leave them sitting out there two miles north of town and, and not really helping the local economy. So that template... I think makes a bit of sense. Unity of purpose. You haven't got time to argue in a small town like Narendra. Bold lateral thinking. Think outside the square. Mm. Elvis Presley Festival at yeah, parks. Parks and uh, good leadership, and that can lift the town. It can be the mayor, or mm. it can be the baker, and a bit of building on Napoleonic luck. Yeah, we've always found that too when we've taken our and done an OB in in a various various places. We often find, and often it's a woman, um, little doers. Movers and shakers, women that just know the town, know the people, and just get it going and get the whole joint happening. And that's that's really important for towns too, isn't it? So um, we'll work our way through this horrific drought. And I think the city needs to understand why this one's so bad is they missed late spring last year. Yep. We expect hot, dry summers, and most farmers have got that factored in. But then suddenly, no autumn break, no rain May, June, July – and now halfway through August, and that's why that map showing the desert areas of Australia, well, you might as well colour in the, the, the eastern bit bright red for the next uh, couple of months, and let's keep our fingers crossed. Tim's pointing to Rex Elliott because Rex was in here the other day, <laughs> and Rex said, don't talk to me about courage. The most courageous thing I ever had to do was walk across the dance floor and ask 
asking girl to dance and fear getting a knockback. And then the lady from Brisbane rang Kel and she said, yeah, what about us girls sitting there waiting? <laughs> <laughs> to be asked. <laughs> waiting to be asked. But Re- this is Rex Ellis' map of the Australian deserts, which includes the Great Sandy Desert and the Tanami Desert and the Simpson and Sturt Stoney and, and what's – and it's, it's a lovely map, but what Tim's saying is that desert area is probably – Extending uh, even as we speak. So there are towns on highway junctions which ought to make a whole lot more, at least beautify, extend the roadhouses, have mm. parkways uh, at those junctions. And there's parks, lucky enough to have a major railway mm. junction building for the future, east-west and north-south. Uh, and that's, that parks works because, and tomorrow it works even better, where leadership, Rick Furman, You've got the, um, National Aviation Museum, and yep. David Lowy, I salute him, and yep. his two Spitfires, and there'll be thousands there at the big weekend in um, late spring. Yeah, you've got to have something, and, and we were talking about that, the drought, and, and the stocky rang up last week and said, Macca, uh, tell your grey nomads and people who are travelling to go into Hewenden or go into Julia Creek and spend some dough and say hello and all those sort of things. That's the important things. Because, look, they really are... Look, I'm a city kid, but country towns are part of our fabric, and if we don't look after them, it, it just means we're all demeaned, whether you live in, you know... South Yarra or wherever you live. Um, and don't forget South Australia. I mean, it, it gets overlooked. We think West. Yeah. We think Tasmania. Thank God for the hay coming out of there. Mm. But, you know, the power of the pen, uh, J.K. Rowling draws hundreds to a viaduct in the middle of Scotland because of the Harry Potter books. Mm. And Judy and I happened to go there last month and see the power of that pen and the Harry Potter series. Pitchy Ritchie Railway, Port Augusta to Quorn, Quorn yeah. tiny community, beautiful pass, Half of Australia has never heard of it, uh, let alone been there. Go. This is the time of the year to go and boost the economy of the top end of the Gulf. Yeah, you can do your bit for the drought in all sorts of ways. Go and support a country town. Tim, it's great to see you. Um, How you been travelling? All right? Uh, Up and down a bit. You have a few uh, things to blame Uncle Sam for, but uh, we'll leave that to to one side as we work through those treatments. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Later in the year, hopefully, I'll cheer up a few. I've got a book coming out um, with National Library. Mm. Um, and we'll probably hire a rail motor and uh, take it around just before Christmas and give a few copies out as steam, well. Steam, steam Australia. That's it. Yeah. Locomotives that galvanised the country. Um, it's just uh, done with the National Library and the Buckland Photo Collection. So I can't take a They're photo. They're lovely photos, aren't they? Of trains. I love, I love trains looking at photos. But uh, that's another story. I really feel for those out there, the day-by-day arrangements will be handled by those in Parliament and Departments of Agriculture as we speak. The giving of, by thousands of people, I salute. The mm. hay from Tasmania, I salute. But look after the towns and cities. We need them during and after the drought. Good on you, Tim. We need leaders too. And you've always been a leader and leading from the front. Um, and we love it. Um, you look after yourself, Tim. Tim actually brought in a. I th- it might be. I don't know if it's called a payola. But he brought us a cup. Of, brought me a cup of coffee. <laughs> Aravaduchi maca. Good on you, Tim Fisher, ladies and gentlemen. And that number, if you would like to contribute, abc.net.au forward slash drought. And uh, yeah, you can uh, you can contribute there and do a little bit. G'day, this is Macca. Yeah, good morning, Ian. It's uh, Neil from Merlu. G'day, Neil. Uh, we've got a fruit tree grafting on today. Where's Merlu? Merlu's between Sale and Bensdale near the Gippsland Lakes. Uh-huh. And, and what, what's on today? We're grafting fruit trees. We teach people how to graft, and it's emphasis on um, grafting the heritage varieties that were, like, 
around 100 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and we're getting them into people's orchards so the varieties aren't lost because there are a lot more varieties of everything around like early last century than there is now. And a lot of the, the heritage varieties have some really great, they have great flavour, they have a lot of great characteristics suited to the home gardener. And oh, we don't yeah. To... Lovely. But we, we don't want that, no, we don't want any variety in life, do we? Um, uh, you're talking about what, apples, peaches, things like that, what? Um, apples in particular, we've probably got over 100 varieties of apples in our collection today. And pears, plums, uh, we've got some quinces, um, cherries. We've, we've got a good range over it, but we're, we're encouraging people, if they've, if they've got an old tree, might be 100 years old and just about dead, um, bring some, some cuttings along from it and we'll graft them onto a rootstock for you and you can give it to your grandchildren or whatever and your grandparents, uh, t- like tree isn't lost, it might be the only one of the variety left. Whereabouts in Merlou is this, uh, Neil? Uh, well, there's not much in Merlou. Right. It's, it's at the hall. Um, we've just got a hall and a recreation reserve. And well, I think that's a great thing. Let us know how it goes, Neil. I'll give it a, I'll give it a mention during the morning, um, yeah. and maybe people will get in touch. But there'll be people all over Australia who want to, who'd want to get involved in this. Unfortunately, they can't all be in Merlou, but maybe we'll, um, yeah, it'll start well, something. No, it's it's happening all over all over eastern Australia anyway. Mm-hmm. And we've got a Facebook group, uh-huh. and we've got grafting days like across the country. I've just come back from about ten of them around Victoria, uh-huh. and they're about to have a couple in New South Wales. I think there's one in New South Wales today, and one in a couple of weeks' time. But there's a lot of people becoming right. involved. All right. Well, we'll um, we'll keep in touch, um, Neil. It's, it's a it's a great thing. Nothing like a nice, uh, beautifully flavoured uh, plum or peach or apple. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks very much, Ian. Good on you, Neil. Bye. Thanks, mate. Bye. Hey, Maka, It's Kelly here in the South Gobi Desert in Mongolia. Oh, good day, Kelly. How are you going? Yeah, I'm just looking out the window, looking at the sunrise. It's um. <laughs> It's a bit cloudy here, but it's a nice golden sunrise popping up over the horizon. You should tell us what you're doing in uh, Mongolia, Kelly. There's uh, one of the world's biggest mega projects here, so a construction project uh, primarily for a company called OU Tolboy, which is uh, Rio Tinto Managed. It's an underground copper mine expansion to get hold of some copper ore that's about the same size as the island of Manhattan in New York. What? So there's, there's lots, lots of activity going on here and plenty of people. And what do you do, Kelly? Uh, I've been involved in the project since early 2015 in Brisbane where we did a whole bunch of engineering works and now I've come out to site in a procurement expediting type role. Um, yeah, well, you, do you get to travel a lot? You work for Rio Tinto, do you? No, I work for uh, uh, what we call an EPCM contractor. So we're we're an engineering group who uh, looks after um, kind of contracts and procurements in between Rio Tinto and the people actually doing the construction work. And has been has Mongolia been an eye opener for you? Or? It, um, when I first came here, I was so excited because it was for me one of the last great frontiers in a world that's ever shrinking. And as I walked up the Aero Bridge, the first thing I saw was a big poster of the Kardashians. 
so I visibly wilted at that. <laughs> yeah, go on. Sorry. So it, it's it's quite more it's quite a lot more westernised than what you'd expect. But um, having said that, I think it's a country of that's um, in the middle of change. So you've got people that walk down the street in their traditional dress, and there's still quite a, a lot of herders. There's only a population of about three million people here. But then you get the current generation, a lot of them are Western educated, so they're whip smart and, um, and they're ready to make changes to this fabulous country. Yeah, there you go. It's, uh, it's interesting. Now, what, uh, you be in the middle of what, uh, summer over there? Yeah, it's summer here. Um, I guess the comment I've had since I've been on site this roster is it never rains here, but all it's done since I've been here is rain. So... You know, it's a bit hard hearing stories um, from home where there's so much drought to be in the middle of a desert here and, and to be surrounded by these giant puddles of clay and mud and, and rain. So the last week we've had electrical storms most afternoons that rival some of Brisbane's, which in a place where there's not a lot of water to draw from, so Mongolia's landlocked, there's no big you know, uh, bodies of water nearby. So for us to have this amount of rain, it's quite extraordinary. Yeah, there you go. So, Kelly, how long will you be in Mongolia and staying there? Um, so this is a fly-in, fly-out type role. So four weeks on, two weeks off. Um, and, and I'll be here for the next year. So you can tell that the seasons are starting to change and it'll be in the minus 20s and 30s before we know it. Yeah, so four weeks on, two weeks off. What You fly back to Australia in those two weeks, do you, and hang around and then fly back? Yeah, I've, I've got a cat there that my mum looks after, so I, I like to get back and, and top up on some cuddles from the cat and from mum. So, um, yeah, it's, it's nice to get home. In summer, though, for, for, in Brisbane time, it, we can see a, a 70-degree difference. So we can leave here at minus 35 and get home to 35 degrees at home, and it's really confusing. <laughs> wow, Kelly, yeah. The, the lives of people that we sit and listen to. Kelly, uh, great to talk to you, Kel. Um, yeah, I've never been to Mongolia, it's just, and most of us will never get there, so you're our eyes and ears on the ground, Kelly. Uh, if you can get here, it's worthwhile, and keep it up with the... the the Farmers Appeal. I've donated a whole bunch of bales through one of the websites, so it's not missed on us over here. Good on you, Kelly, and great to talk to you. Thanks. Have a good day. Good on you. Bye. Uh, g'day, this is Macca. Hello, Macca. This is Maura from Maury. G'day, Maura. I went out to the Mungandai show yesterday. It's, uh-huh. on, it's on again today, but I can't get out. And it was just wonderful the way the locals put together a show in the middle of the drought yeah it's terrible out there too isn't it yes terrible no cattle for camp drafting but there are quite a few horse events and they put on things for people to do and look at and and the arts and crafts pavilion is just a credit to them and that's on again today yes it's on again today yesterday they had a great big open picnic lunch for all the visitors free and uh, oh, it's it's a lovely bunch of people, and the, the three tr- women running the head of the committee this year, first time ever. Three women, Stacey the, and Deirdre. The triumph of the human spirit, Moira. Absolutely, hmm. absolutely. Thank you. All right, good on you, doll. Bye. Bye. Hello, Macca. It's Robin here now. Robin McNamara, no. not your sister. <laughs> 
<laughs> Becca, no. I'm from Gilgandra, and oh. I just want to tell you, I've had just spent two days out at Walgett, and from Canamble to Walgett, which is over 110 kilometres, the only wildlife we saw was two emus. No, no uh, sheep, no cattle, nothing, and not even a blade of grass. But here in Gilgandra, what we're doing through the St Vincent de Paul, the Men's Shed and the CWA, we've got big boxes down at the IGA store and people just donate items and they put them in and then we pack those boxes and deliver them personally to the farmers. And uh, 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 Carol Spore and myself went out on um, Tuesday round the farms and the, and the people were in tears and we said, look, it's not the parcels, it's not the food, it's the love and the care that goes with them. So um, I just wanted to let you know, um, and the Sisters of Charity sent me $1,000, so I went down to the CWA and said, what will I do with it? And they said, go to one of the uh, hardware shops and, and do a deal with them for dog food because their poor dogs are, are in trouble. Mm-hmm. They need feeding too, yes. so, so um, I'm going to go down to Raw's and uh, I might attend and, and give them the money and ask them if they'll... When the farmers come in to get stuff, they can give them a bottle, a, a bag of dog food free. Hey, uh, Robin, what do you do? You, are you a nun? Yeah, I'm, I'm a Josephite sister. In, in Gill? One of Mary McKillop's mob, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm go. the only one. There used to be seven here, but I'm the only one now. Really? Yeah, we like the, we like the cattle. We're dying out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're still very vibrant, even though we're older. Yeah. We're still with covering more ground. I used to teach, and at the moment I'm teaching scripture in the public school, and our little kids there are praying for rain. And every time we pray, nice? we get about three mils of rain. So I'm going back again on Wednesday, and hopefully we'll have, we would have had rain between last Wednesday and this Wednesday. Isn't that isn't that a nice thing to do? I mean, I'm just thinking about that, and and literally, you you don't understand the full ramifications of where we came from and all those sort of things and religion. But it's just a nice thing to do that to think that yeah. you, you're doing something for somebody else. That's right. That's exactly what it's all about, isn't it? And I say to the little kids, Jesus always hears your prayers because he loves little children. Exactly, Rob. Uh, uh, Dry in Gilgandra. We'll see you in Gilgandra sometime. I'll come and make, make sure I'll look, I'll look for you. We yeah, sh- do, we sh- do. We should do a, 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 a little broadcast in Gil. Did we do oh. a broadcast in Gil some time ago? No, no, we did it no. in Quambone. But yeah. a lady from Gilgandra turned up, I remember. I said, where are you oh, from? She, she said, um, I'm from Gilgandra. There you go. That's right. Well, come to, come to Gilgandra. We've got a big Catholic school and we've got a big uh, state school and we, we both well, work I'm, hand in hand. Yeah, well, I'm not a Catholic, uh, uh, Rob, but that doesn't matter, does it? No, it doesn't matter one bit. <laughs> uh, with a name like McNamara, what happened to the to the County Clare heritage? Uh, I don't know. I think... <laughs> I think <laughs> <laughs> She's got a great laugh. <laughs> I think they lost it on the way. <laughs> oh, no, never lose that. You never lose that. And whether you're a Catholic or not, it doesn't matter. I say to people, when they say that to me, I said, I didn't ask you what religion you were. I just asked how you were. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great laugh, Rob. I'm coming to Gill. I'm coming okay, to Gill. Okay, good on you, Macca. All right, well, you'll good be on very you. welcome here. And if you want to stay, I've got a convent here that's got seven <laughs> bedrooms. Wow. And I'm the only one living here. <laughs> <laughs> so you can bring your whole crew. Yeah, the crew will stay there at the convent. And when they people can. Uh, when people say where you're staying, so I'm staying at the convent. 
That's of course. right. Where else would you stay? And what's more, you can you can go home to your own place afterwards. You don't have to stay forever. Good on you, Rob. <laughs> Good night. Goodbye, and thank you, Maka, for all you do. You're a wonderful man. Yeah, I am. You're living yeah, up yeah. to the family name. I'm proud of you. <laughs> you sound like my auntie, my, <laughs> my auntie Isabel. I'd say that. Yes. Would she? Oh, God, love her. Okay then, Maka. See you, Rob. Take care. Bye. Thank you for all you do. Bye. Thank you. Bye. John is. Where are you, John Berry? Uh, Barry, not Barry. Barry near Blaney. Oh, right, Barry. There you go. And how is it there, mate? Well, I just saw I got up cooking my porridge this morning and turned around, looked out the window, and everything's white. So I thought I'd give a ring to to say that. A lot different to when when I was young. I remember being able to walk over the top of fences with snowdrifts, but we haven't seen that for many, many years. Yeah, I reckon it'll come, John. You you hang around, it'll come, I reckon. It always does, like uh, the drought will end with a flood, of course. Um but, uh, Johnny, what do you do there in, uh, in Barry? Well, for 55 years, I used to have a 300-acre farm, and I'm 76, so I was semi-retired and kept growing my potatoes for 55 years since I left school. But I'm just about ready to retire from it, have a clearance sale and sell my gear. Uh, <laughs> what sort of spuds did you grow, John? Oh... Sabagos oh, and Dutch creams at the moment, but years ago they were Corels and Saranacs and Maroos and Pontiacs and all the varieties under the sun I've grown. Kennebec, uh, uh, Maroos, and uh, lots of different varieties. They all come and go. <laughs> Johnny, um, yeah, is there a, a quid to be made still in growing potatoes? No, the supermarkets are taking it over. You've got to be a big operator. There's about two or three growers in Australia supply the whole of Coles and Woolworth. Really? There you go. And, uh, and I used to grow them for fish shops and that, and now they get all the frozen ones, even imported frozen chips now, and I bet, which I, is sad. I bet your spuds were beaut, John. Yeah, nice fresh ones. I take them to dozens of fish shops all around the district and now they're all using frozen ones. So the only market left is farmer's markets. And when there's two or three others doing the same thing, you don't sell too many. So it's, I used to supply to Flemington Market, load up 10-ton trucks and they'd go down to Flemington Markets. But mm. now it's, it's entirely changed. Johnny, uh, is it still snowing there or is it just a light dusting or what? Oh, only about three quarters of an inch of snow. It stopped snowing now. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a bit of a, a story about the snow. Yeah. What used to happen when I was a kid, when it snows, you've got to feed your stock. And what used to happen, the snow would build up in the gateways. And all we had was a 27 Dodge, made in 1927, but this is when I was young. And it had chains on the wheels. And the only way you could get through the gateways was to rush at the gateway and barge your way through the gateway with the old 27 Dodge with the chains on it. It's still snowing. I can hear the wife, mate. She said it's still snowing. Oh, it's still snowing. <laughs> All right. It started snowing again. I'll see you in Barry sometime, Johnny. Yeah, two little villages, Barry and Neville, and we're half between them. Good on you. Good, oh, bye. See you, bye.